Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, how are you? Uh, all's well. Yes, it appears all is back to the norm. Yes. Um, yeah, so we're back. It's uh, Monday when we're talking about Minute 79 of The Search for Spock. Uh, minute 79 starts with Kirk and company finding Savick and Spock. Um, a little anticlimactic there, sorry. And, and <laughs> Yay! And uh, ends a minute later with McCoy saying, his mind's a void. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, that was pretty good McCoy. Thanks. I'm still getting over a cold, so my voice is a little yeah. McCoy-like right now. Yeah, so there's much rejoicing. They, um, you know, Robin's minstrels rejoiced. Uh, yay! You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. they they've arrived. They found the, you know, their little base camp, and um, it's over, right? Search response is over. Yeah, they found him. You know, McCoy's using his little electronic gizmo, and he's going to make them all right. And we're we're good. Roll credits. <laughs> we're good. Well, wait. So. Uh, <laughs> You already jumped to the gizmo, but I, I got, I, I, I want to talk about just, just the opening of the minute, um, when everybody's like skipping up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Was it me? Or like, <laughs> no, it, it, it definitely, uh, they all have a little spring in their step. Like, yeah, hey, look, hey, we're here, guys. Yeah. And Chekhov's like hopping over a log, and I, I swear I saw a Scotty skip. Um, but uh, yeah, they all. So that run up the hill is just kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Um, and the the other thing too, so the first word, you know, first word in the minute is, you know, Kirk say bones, you know, is a kind of, right. you know, go check on Spock. Uh, but bones reacts, but then so does everybody else. They all like, they all run right up. And except gather except for Kirk. Yeah. Um, so I just, uh, I, I got distracted by that a little bit too. I'm like, well, yeah, bones should be, you know, getting down on his knees and, hmm. And see what's going on, but they all got down there, and like, I guess they're just all excited to see Spock. They want to give him a hug. Well, yeah, I feel like it's yeah, it's a little. I would expect McCoy, and then maybe Sulu because Sulu's got the tricorder, and maybe he's getting some readings, Captain. And uh, but I, I don't know. They just, yeah, they sort of all just crowd around and ooh, look at this thing on the ground. You know, everybody, look at this. You know, it's. It's ah, cool. It's, it's like, what did you find? You know, but <laughs> and then Kirk, find? and then Kirk just yeah, it sort of hangs back. I don't know if it's out of because obviously we're going to see what happens in the next scene, but or if it's you know it's you guys got this. Let me go peruse the perimeter. Right. So, what did you call it? Was McCoy's gizmo? His little gizmo. Yeah. So, can we talk about the gizmo for? You don't really get a good look at it though. I I was trying to get you know you only see it for like a couple seconds and, and um, you know I love I love Star Trek and I love all the gizmos mm. and you know they're pretty good about going from movie to movie and series to series with you know a tricorder is a tricorder and phasers look like phasers and uh, but the mecha- the medical gear always seems like it's changing it does yeah and um, 
and this one I'm, I don't recognize this one at all like from before or after do you know does this one show up at all later no I for me from like the series McCoy always has like it's like a it's probably like maybe two inches tall. It's like a cylindrical metal thing, and he usually waves it around. It's like, woo, 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 woo. like that's <laughs> that's the thing that I remember McCoy having. Like I don't remember this big white whatever this is. Yeah, no, I love that one, and that's that's what I wanted to talk about was you know how you, all the medical scanners, you know, that we've seen over the years. Um, you're talking about like the one from the original series, I think, right? Yeah, it's just, it's, it looks like a it's like the size of a uh, what's the shaving brush that's what it makes me think of like a little shaving brush but it spins around and um but there was also the one he had in wrath of khan when he was working yes peter preston right he has the one with the lights and but that one's long and that doesn't look like this either no it doesn't that one i was i was as i was kind of getting ready for this minute i was you know doing just going looking for medical i was looking for this one first it was you know just right. trying to find this particular medical scanner and, and see if I can find some information on it. I, I can't find one. I can't find an example of it. Um, but the one he has in Wrath of Khan reminded me, uh, I went off way deep into, I was in Doctor Who land, um, which I don't remember how much Doctor Who you watched. Are you, are you a fan at all? I, I watched a lot. I mean, I got through the um, the reboot, I guess, if you want to call it. the, the What was it? The David uh, Eggleston? Uh, oh, yeah. David um, you know when they when they first sort of like modernized it a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and then I got up to his end, and then uh, yeah, David Tennant was the next one, so I started watching that. I haven't really kept up with it. Probably should go back and watch it if it's still on Netflix. Were you watching it all in the back in the seventies and eighties? Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about it before. Like your favorite is um, uh, who, who's your favorite? It's um, I want to see if you could guess. It's Tom it's, Baker. It's Tom Baker, the one with the big long scarf. I mean, mine has always been, uh, yeah, my favorite's always been uh, the guy with the celery, uh, Peter Davidson. <laughs> the celery, yep, sure. Yeah, that, that's always what I remember from him is a little little stalk of celery on his collar. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Um, no, yeah, Tom Baker had there was a the, the reason I was going to Doctor Who was there was a a, a series uh, during the Tom Baker era, the the key to time, um, where he was you know over a, a bunch of different you know mm. storylines. He was collecting all these pieces to a key to time but like the core of it was uh something looked very similar to what mccoy was using to work on peter preston it just had that you look like a rod with it lit up and i don't know right anyway deep deep tangent sorry but yeah so this gizmo back to search for spock um uh it's neat i guess but i I wish it lit up or i don't know but i don't feel like you get a very good look at it it's sort of at the top of the screen and you just I don't know. It almost looks like it's got like a ball on it or something. I don't know what it, I don't know what it look. It looks weird. Yeah, the the closest thing I could, you know, what what I'm glad about is it's not like it does. It's not easily recognizable. You know, it's not like that. Uh, was the uh, was in the Phantom Menace that communicator it was like a you know a Bic razor or something. Was, oh yeah, something oh, from our, yeah. It was really obvious. So I don't know what this is, but the closest I could say is like it's like a mouse track a trackball mouse. I wonder if they just uh, – you know what it makes me think of is it almost makes me think of like those massagers where the head is like uh, – it's like it's like a ball, but it, uh, it people put it on their necks and stuff, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's what it makes me think of. Like if someone had one on set and it's like, hey, we need a device. Hey, you with the massager, give me that. <laughs> That'll do. That's weird looking. It looks like but the I'm future. Think- yeah, but <laughs> it looks like the future. Yeah, it's white and sleek. Give me it. 
Um, but it just, I'm glad it's like very. They show it and then they're done. Like right. they don't, they don't dwell on it. <laughs> like they do sometimes with technology. It's like, ooh, look at that cool tech. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you get a good shot of Sulu with the uh, with the tricorder there. Right, which that was another question I had was, you know, what's he doing? Uh, is he checking out Spock right now? He's actually, he's got like this weird little smile on his face. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's almost like, is he watching the game right now? Uh, and not really paying attention to what's happening around him. Do you think any of them are worried about their hair in this wind? Like some of them who have uh, toupees or anything? <laughs> Wait, some of them, are there more people that have toupees that... I don't know. I was kind. Of, I was. I was kind of thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder if McCoy or uh, you know DeForest Kelly or you know George Takai or you know even Duhan had had weaves going on there. I think Walter does, right? I think his hair was, always looks pretty. Well, maybe that's why he's not in the shot. <laughs> we couldn't control it. He's probably there with his hands on his head, like, okay, activate machine. Like David Spade's character in Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so so what do we got? So yeah, after this point, so we were, we're kind of everyone. Everyone's checking out Spock and um, his, his moaning. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> but it's so bad because like McCoy's like checking them out and. Spock's body's not moving. Like, there's no movement, but you can hear the, oh, oh. It's, it's like, come on. Oh, I love your impression of that. I had actually had a note about Spock groaning, and I said, ugh. Uh, but I was like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to skip by that. <laughs> so I wasn't the only one that noticed. Okay. You no, know, uh, no, I noticed. Um, yeah, so now we cut to we cut away to Kirk or you know McCoy. Nice transition actually. McCoy kind of looks mm-hmm. up and you know looks to see what Kirk's doing. Um, right. And then we get you know we get this kind of I don't know far away shot, medium shot yep. um, of him walking up to to David's body. And a couple things I don't know struck me here. Um, one, the other Klingon bodies there. Is that the guy that that Kirk just shot? Um, I thought he went over. I thought he went flying over like towards a boulder or something. I'm not sure who that Klingon is. I mean, that's not the Klingon that um, Spock threw, is it? No, because he would have thrown him. He threw him over by the tree. I guess maybe we could be. It's hard to tell from this. Well, end. there was a lot of running around, and you know, he was doing his freak out of the change and stuff like that. So he could have changed positions. Yeah. Because okay. the fire, if you notice the fire, when they do the big pullback, um, or at the very beginning, you can see the fires over to the right. So he threw them over the fire. Oh, he did? Okay. <clears throat> or maybe, no, maybe the fire's over to the left. There's two fires there, so now I'm not sure which one is the actual fire he threw them <laughs> over. Um, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe it's the one on the left, and he threw them over that way and then went running over there. So, so I guess still the, so then so then so you think this is the the Klingon he threw? I don't you know now I don't know it because it doesn't it should because I know because it shouldn't be the Klingon who uh, got zapped with the phaser. It shouldn't be because he was he went off. No, you went know what? In, Relative to where 
you know, from where McCoy just looked up, right? So mm. McCoy looked up. So Kirk is off, let's just say to the right, uh, you know, screen right. Um, that would have been the direction that he blasted the Klingon. Let's just let's see if we can figure this out a little bit. So when Kirk, if we jump jump back to the previous minute, when Kirk arrives, uh, the Klingon, yeah. the, the Klingon was watching Spock transform. He draws his disruptor, and Kirk blows him away. Pew, and he goes sailing, yeah. right? Yeah, his sailing lands on the ground, and that's in the general direction of where Kirk walks now. But yeah, I don't see I don't see David's body there. Yeah. So that's an oops. Yeah, I think the staging here is all messed up. Well, I love poking holes and stuff. Mm. Uh, but um, all right, so David's body. Uh, I I remember, and this is just in my head, I guess, that you know when he got killed, when he got stabbed, the yeah. Klingon didn't leave the knife in him. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I I don't. Did he stab him and then pull the knife out? Well, he must have. It's not here, right? I don't see it. Right, it's, you kind of see a bloody mark. And uh, and I'm distracted by the body too. Like, is that a dummy, or is that really is that really Merritt Buttrick there? It could be just a stand-in. Yeah, wearing you know David's clothes. Yeah, he's just got it's a he's he's got a good dead body pose because his legs are kind of at a weird weird angles to one weird another. angle. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the t- so the oh. so the other thing, <clears throat> not to belabor the positioning of these i mean we've gone through like is this the guy that got thrown over the fire or is this so we know that it's the guy that got hit by the phaser but i seem to remember when david got stabbed he was like behind something mm-hmm. yeah because they kind of hid the they hid sort of a little bit and i don't know if it's the angle we're at or the way they film but i just feel like something is not like they when they either set up this scene or whatever and they were like hey we're gonna do this and this they just like and this goes back to the Klingon in the tree from way earlier in the movie. Like, I feel like there are things that they filmed and they just sort of like spliced it together and didn't realize, like, oh, hey, that Klingon flew through the air and David's body's not there. Or, hey, remember, David's half of his body was behind that rock. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the continuity guy was on vacation. Yeah. But he could particularly, particularly with Genesis. And I figure, like, that's the stuff you want to get right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he could be. David might have just been behind that tumbleweed that actually, in the scene, you know, kind of blows up against his body. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, which, in a way, I don't know if that was if they planned that. I think it's a nice touch um, because you know, it's just you know, David's now just another. He's a part of the scenery, right? He's not here mm. anymore, and so tumbleweed lands on him. No one cares. Not that no one cares, but uh, yeah, it just adds to the. I don't know bleakness of it all a little bit yeah um you know kirk takes off his jacket and we get some nice uh i don't know facial shots of you know of concern for from mccoy and you know scotty mm-hmm. um and then you know kirk just sort of walk, stands up you see the body is underneath the uh the jacket and Wipes his hands and says, "Okay, moving on. Let's forget about let's forget about this and move on to more important things." <laughs> well, let me before we before, before we move on. <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually there's actually a little bit of a moment here. For, uh, we switch over to the novelization. Uh, so Vonda McIntyre, um, you know Jim, 
Jim yep. kneels, kneels down beside David's body and he actually says, uh, my son. Uh, and then a poem is whispered to him from a long ago time. And the, the quote is, to thee no star be dark, both heaven and earth, friend thee forever. Um, and uh, I went, had to go look that up. I'm like, so what's your bet of what, the, what that poem is or what that came from? If you were going to guess. Shakespeare. Oh, you are so smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's a quote from Shakespeare. Um, it's a, I guess it's a, a, a two noble kinsmen is mm. the, uh, I'm assuming it's a play. It's, I'm looking at act one, scene yeah. three. Um, but yeah, two noble kins, kinsmen and it's just a, it's a uh, two queens uh, speaking. To thee no star be dark. Second queen says, both heaven and earth, friend thee forever. Um, so, mm. Star Trek continuing its, its long-standing tradition of adding Shakespeare in. I, I wonder if this was in, in the, if they originally shot that, or if this is just something Vonda took, you know, creative license with. Right. Because I don't think this part, that part is in the script. Anyway, so that was, there was a little, you know, I guess a little more of a moment there than just right. putting his coat on him, which. Well, I feel like it's, yeah, it's a very quick moment. I mean, obviously you got to progress, you know, we're getting towards the end of the movie. I mean, I, I feel like we've, we've passed the, you know, penultimate moment of the movie, you know, where the Enterprise exploded and, you know, they're now finding Spock and like we, we joke and say like, oh, the movie's over. I feel like they sort of rush through his feelings for David. I mean, he, he had his, his his big moment on the bridge where, uh, you know, he falls back and you bastard, you, you killed my, you know, that whole emotional, you know, he lets all of his emotions go. And here he is, you know, it's, it's very brief and concise and he puts his coat on him, and then it's like, that's it. It's like, I got to move on. You know, I got other things to do. <clears throat> hey, you wonder how much I, they, they did. They, were they doing it for us? The audience, like, yeah, how how vested is the audience in David Marcus? Yeah, like, well, that's what. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, are, are did they do it just because? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to see Spock. What's going on with Spock? You know. Um, yeah, we finally we finally got to him, and now we're like we're going to spend time on David. Like, <laughs> like I guess yeah, they gave him a little bit, so like, I'll give him that. All right, and yeah, so Kirk. Which is, uh, I don't know, Kirk asking him what happened. It, to me, that's a, 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 we know what happened. We, you know, we all saw right. it. And so it was um, interesting that they, they just have this scene here because um, they didn't have to do this, right? They didn't have to spell well, it off for us all. <clears throat> because I think we get a similar scene in uh, Voyage Home, but I feel like, again, I don't feel like they do. I feel like they could have done David better service. You know, laying him down. You know the way they did. You know, Kurt puts the coat, coat, puts the coat over him, and then you know goes over to check on Spot. I feel like this whole, what happened? Oh, he gave us his life to save us. Non-informative. I mean, I get that he saved his life, but like, what happened? Like, that's what I asked. You didn't give me that. You just said he <laughs> saved, gave his life to save us. But I feel like you could have just, you could have. Maybe give them, you know, a knowing look between them, and then they move on to Spock. I mean, I, I feel like it's it's such a weird you, exchange between the two of them that, you know, 
he she's like he gave his life to save us you know like this deep meaningful phrase and then he's like oh okay spock you know i I thought you were gonna say you wanted you wanted you know savage say uh the klingon stabbed him repeatedly in the chest But I, I don't know. I just I, I I don't I don't need an explanation because obviously for our benefit we we know what happened. I mean Kirk doesn't know what happened, and I just to for him to say what happened and then she go he gave, I just feel like the question doesn't match the answer, and I feel like it's just they could have done like a he walks over and you know maybe he puts his hand on her shoulder or you know they just have a look and we we get it like closure. You know, yeah. and then let's move on to the reason why we're here, which is Spock. Right. Yeah, they could have both that look said, we both love this guy. Yeah. You know? um, I kind of would have liked it uh, if, you know, when Kirk stood up, you know, he still got his phaser in his hand, right? Uh, I would have liked it if he just turned around and just unloaded into the Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, (laughs) you Klingon bastard (laughs) alright so So McCoy gives his uh, his status report rapid aging all genetic functions highly accelerated again another thing that I guess they all need to know but we know Right. right. We yeah. We we are we've been in the know for quite some time that there's been a, a, a rapid aging. Right. Uh, and then Kirk asks, "What about his mind?" Um, so his mind's a void. Uh, there's a little bit uh, more. I just want to jump back to the novelization as well on this one because uh, this actually I think this answers some of the stuff we've been talking about. Like what is what is really going on with Spock? this whole time he's been on Genesis. Um, and so in the novel, uh, Kirk says, that, you know, in his mind and, uh, McCoy says the readings of a newborn or at least, or at best an infant of a few months, his mind's a void, almost a tabula rasa, um, mm. which I forgot to look up what a tabula rasa is, but <laughs> do you know what a tabula rasa is? It was a failed video game. <laughs> that's, that's probably not the reference. <laughs> uh, tabula rasa is a theory that at birth the human mind is a blank slate without rules for processing data mm-hmm. so, I mean geez talk about almost literally what we've been talking about right it's just he has no experience right he's you know he's, he's only been alive for right you know days maybe we still don't quite know the time frame so uh, and, and I think we yeah I think we've sort of established that that you know McCoy has the soul the experience and this new Spock is emotion and yeah, new, like he couldn't speak and like, he's basically learning as if he was a new, new person. Yep. Like, that's why I think we were saying like, you know, you have, this is Spock, you know, whatever, this is, this is a different version of Spock. Um, and if it, and I, and I think that if infant Spock were allowed to grow and mature like a normal Vulcan, he would have learned, and it would have been a completely different version of Spock. Yeah. With, with new experiences and new memories and things like that. While in McCoy is, or if they brought him to the Hall of Heads, like he would have, you know. Oh, right. You could have retired. You're talking about you could have retired <clears throat> old Spock. That version. Right. You would have had Spock. old Spock and new Spock. Yeah. 
Yeah, that would have been interesting too. I think uh, a way to go. But. See, that would have been an interesting, you know, how they did in the reboots with, uh, you know, Kelvin Spock and original Spock. Like that, you could have had that same sort of interaction with like new Spock. You know, he was reformed on Genesis, and then you have old, you know, dead head Spock in the Hall of Heads. Right, and he could have you know, interacted with with head Spock. What dead mm. head Spock? Yeah, Deadhead Spock. He's a big Jerry Garcia fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, that you're right. That would have been an interesting way to go, too. Wow, man. This movie could have been so many other things. Seriously. Um, so that, his mind's a void. That gets us to the end of this minute. Um, yep. Do you have any other, any other notes? I do not. All right. Um, well, why don't we wrap it up here? Uh, folks, uh, uh, could you do us a favor, please, and head on out to iTunes, if you haven't already, uh, and leave us a rating uh, and a review, if you'd like. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. Uh, all the ratings and, and reviews help uh, help get us up in the in the rankings of all the other wonderful Star Trek podcasts that are out there. Um, so please and thank you. And uh, we're going to be begin. We'll be back again on Wednesday, talking about Minute 80 on the Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.